down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome everyone, hope you had a wonderful week and a chance to digest what is going on in America. I hope you get a chance and that you understand that everything we are experiencing right now today is being done on purpose. They say it's being done by design. Yes, this administration has a concerted effort to destroy America because you can't transform something until you destroy it. Transformation means that you will be changing things that were wrong. Remember, build back better? What is he building back better? Because it is certainly not better. And one of the problems that we have experienced comes right out of our schools. To me, as a former teacher, this is one of the biggest travesties that we have done to our children. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the prism of America's education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. We have a jam-packed show today. And the first guest that I have invited, I had an opportunity to listen to her when she gave incredible insight into education to the Florida Citizens Alliance monthly leadership call. I was so impressed that I asked Sam if she would join me on the show so that we could continue the discussion. Our guest today is Sam Sorbo. She's an education freedom advocate and the host of Underground Education Community. Sam is an actress. And my question to you, Sam, is how did you get from acting to be so involved in education, and thank you for being involved. Oh, well, that's a great question. It's pretty simple. I had children, and (laughs) um, my oldest was going to, he went to first grade, he went to second grade. We actually moved because we wanted to be at the better schools, uh, the better public schools, and arguably we were in one of the best public schools in Southern California, Um, which I suppose maybe isn't saying much anyway, but what did I know back then? I was a young mother and I just wanted a good education for my children. And the way I was raised, uh, you went to school to get an education. That is no longer the case, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's become fairly obvious. What we fail to realize is that it has not been the case for a very, very, very long time not just decades. Sadly, I can attest to that because I believe that it is my group of seniors from the 60s who have created this mess in a utopian image that they gathered under drug-induced conferences in a way to destroy what we are experiencing today. But you have to understand that you were under the influence of nothing less than the education system, which the entire system teaches three main points. Don't ask, don't try, and don't think, which are the 
exact opposite of education. So what they were, what they've been claiming for, you know, centuries is accomplishing education is absolutely not. And in fact, it's accomplishing the opposite. And so the sixties were basically an outgrowth of that along with some other societal forces that took hold. And of course the Marxists that came over after the, after the second world war, the communists that infiltrated the Democrat party and all of that. Here's the thing. I, I don't really care anymore. I, I'm, I've, I'm tired of caring how we got here. What I want to impress upon people is that there is no remedy for public schools. There is no remedy for what we call schools today in general, because the school teaches you the child that the teacher has all the knowledge. The child must ask permission to access that knowledge or sit there passively and be force fed that knowledge. The, the child must then regurgitate the knowledge without actually augmenting it or doing anything else to it. Um, that is not education. No. That's, that's simply, you know, it, it's, a, it's a form of indoctrination, sure, but it's not accomplishing education, which really should enable the child to explore the world and make discoveries, right? We want innovation. We, Absolutely. But, but the schools c- kill creativity. And so my main purpose these days is to save children from the educational institutions that we have and to empower parents to know that they are not only capable of teaching their children or, or at least educating their children, they're uniquely capable. They're uniquely empowered with that ability in such a way that, in fact, it becomes a reciprocal um, it becomes a reciprocal relationship. And that's the beauty of the home education model, which I like to call home learning as opposed to homeschooling, because it, it, it is not school at home. The, the uh, most amazing thing, like what we have to understand is that school robs children of their parents and robs parents of their children. It's like the greatest theft in human history that has gone completely unnoticed. When you meet families who home educate their children, the one thing that you that you notice first and foremost is how how well socialized the children are, how well how well they engage others of any age, and most importantly, how how good the relationship is between the child and the parent. Absolutely. That's the most amazing outgrowth of my experience that I want to to share with parents. You have no idea what you are sacrificing. When you turn your child over to basically complete strangers to quote unquote educate, and it's not, and it, it almost has nothing to do with, you know, school education kind of stuff. It actually, you are sacrificing what could be the greatest relationship of your lifetime because that child belongs to you from the start. And we're seeing now the, the, um, the government and Joe Biden and the, the quote unquote educators, the teachers and, uh, and the unions out there, we're seeing the politicians saying, well, that, those children don't belong to the parents. When they're in school, they belong to the teachers and ultimately they belong to the government. And so what we're having now is a power struggle. When, when, when we have the federal government calling parents who are concerned with what is being taught in school, domestic terrorists, this is a power struggle. But I'm I'm banking on the moms out there being the mama bears and taking charge of the situation. And so 
my job is to help them do that. My job is to empower parents. That's why we do our, our conference. That's why I speak. I speak all over the nation about this. I'm empowering parents to make the choice to keep their children home for their education because the results are in and the kids in school are not learning what they should be being taught. They're not even being taught anymore. No, you are absolutely right. And I truly believe that it is the lack of family relationship and the lack of learning in school, taking a child and enhancing them so that they can fulfill their own destiny, not the destiny of what the school wants them to be, but what they want to be. That is the best way for a child to learn. Find something that child likes to do. You can teach them anything. You can teach them reading, writing, math, if they're doing something they like to do, and all they will do is improve upon that. And as we are sending our kids to school, we are turning them into well, sometimes assassins. Well, you know, and it goes even even further than that, Karen, because because you were you were talking about how we're we're sending our kids into schools. We don't know what they're being taught. We're we're getting glimpses of it now, and we're saying, wait a minute, you've got pornography in the schools? Yes, indeed, and it's been in there for decades, right? Yes, so, it has. So yes, we it are has. largely unparented. Uh, community now, a society. We we did without our parents. I did without parents when I went to school because I was in school most of the day and I didn't see my parents and my parents didn't see their parents because they were in school most of the day and their parents didn't see their, their own parents because they were in school. And so now we have generationally a loss of parenting, which is actually the destruction of the family. And that's why I say this has been going on for more than decades, right? Oh, absolutely. It's it's the abject destruction of the family, which is the most powerful small unit of government, right? Uh, Aside from the individual is next the family. And so if we want restoration in this nation, then we need to keep kids out of the institutions who really harm them. And that's what school does. It is child abuse. I would say we are all school injured at this point because I was deprived of my sense of family growing up. So were you, right? And so we've been injured in one way or another. And parents who say to me, well, what about socialization? What do you think happens in school? Every child becomes the head of the the captain of the football team. What are you, an idiot? Do you not understand that there's bullying that's happening in school? What about socialization? Yeah, exactly. You're making my point for me. We don't want our children subjected to things that are out of our control as parents. Uh, Sam, you have been traveling all over the country. What is the reception that you're getting from the parents? Are they agreeing with you? Will they take their kids out of school, recognizing that this is a major, major problem? Or are they saying, no, I'm afraid I can't uh, I can't teach my kids? Well, of course, I've got both. And I have a a number of parents. I'm I'm so gratified to get emails from parents. Hey, I heard you speak three years ago. I just wanted to tell you. We took our child out of school after, you know, months of considering what you were saying, and it was the best decision that we ever made. And I get those emails almost daily. And so there there are people that are being convinced slowly but surely. I have a conference coming up at the end of June in Port St. Lucie, Florida, that's South Florida, um, north of Miami. And it's a two-day conference. It's actually just a Friday evening, all day Saturday. And we will be sharing with parents 
the empowerment that they need, right? Why do parents feel incapable? It's because the schools purposely make you feel incapable. In fact, schools have one competency, and that competency is to render the students incompetent, to render them with this feeling of, I don't know how. And that is why we are in the mess we are in today, because during COVID, most people defaulted to trust the experts, find me an expert that I can trust. Teacher, teacher, may I ask a question? No, you may not ask a question, just trust the experts. And this is the worst place for a free nation to be. And at this point, we are still free. You can still save your children from that. We can empower you in the process. And that's why I want everybody to come to the Playbook for Home Learning Conference. If they go to samsorbo.com, that's samsorbo.com, they can get all the information there for the conference. It's not expensive at all. We've got some really phenomenal sponsors. I will give you a ton of options, but most importantly, you will leave the conference with a playbook. It is a, it's, it's almost 200 page book of what we're talking about and how to get it done. And so when you go home and the little voices that you, that you gleaned from your schooling come into your head and say, you can't do this. You never scored a hundred on a test for how to educate your child. You don't know how to do this. You can't learn anything. Those voices will be squashed because you have the playbook, the reassurance that in fact you can do this. And I wanted to add to something that you said before, you can teach your child anything. The reason we call it home learning is you are not the teacher of your child. To a, to a certain, like you taught your child how to use a knife and fork. You teach your child how to tie their shoes, right? You teach them how to read. But once you teach them how to read, your job is to show them what to read and to exactly. ask them questions, right? So you don't, you don't remain the teach. That's why the school paradigm is so flawed is because it continues to have teachers all through the schooling, which teaches the child not how to learn, but simply what to learn. And that is that is a dead end. Putting the world to the child, that's a dead end. And putting a finality on learning that, that doesn't exist in the real world. And so this is what I'm showing parents. Your job is to, to open the world to your child, to give them, to offer them options so that they can discover their innate giftings and self-teach right? This is what we want. We want autodidacts. We want people who can learn anything at any time because they know that they're capable of teaching themselves. Find the resources that will give them the information that they need. And with the internet, that has become open to the entire world. So I hope you'll join us. I hope so. Also, I will send out the information for uh, Sam's conference. Everyone, please go to her website, and that is samsorbo.com, and get involved. One thing that I always say is having knowledge and not applying it is like not having it at all. So applying <laughs> knowledge <laughs> is what, what we should be granting our children. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sam. And I'd love to have you back again after the conference and you can tell us how it went. Many thanks, Karen. Homeschooling is more important than bringing your child to an indoctrination clinic. And even though I was a teacher, I will tell you over and over again, I loved my kids for the year that I had them. When they were gone, They were gone, and it was a new group of kids. The family is there forever, and that is what frames our children. And if we have no family, which the communist ideology eliminates, 
our children will be lost. And this is what their goal is, because lost children do horrible things, as we can see. So aside from school, what other influences are on our families? Well, Hollywood comes to mind. How many movies have we seen that depict perversion as normal? Is that what they're trying to do? Make it feel like it's normal? We're going to talk to Chad Davidson, who is very much involved in this. He was a former atheist. Today, he is an author, a producer, a radio show host, and a speaker. And he is a host of the Good Fight radio show and popular podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, Chad. And I noticed that you were involved in Hollywood. You are involved in making documentaries. What is it, the message that you're intending to bring? No, and thank you so much, Karen, for having me, because just hearing also, you know, the guests before me, uh, specifically dealing with, with homeschool, I have four children myself, and so... Uh, we are homeschooling our children, and thank one of the you. Big reasons for that. <laughs> and uh, one of the big reasons for that is exactly what you're talking about—that indoctrination. And so many people will point to the schools, and I and I totally agree. I was at secular school. My wife, uh, who grew up in the church and grew up going to, uh, she was homeschooled as well, and so forth. And she had a much different life than I did before I came to Christ. And a lot of that had to do with the influences that, that I had, whether it was music, movies, or my friends. The Bible's really clear in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, do not be deceived. And the reason why it has to say that is because people are deceived about it. Bad company corrupts good morals. And so I am living proof that that was the reality of my own life. And, you know, I like to warn people about that and point people, point the wickedness out. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.11, have nothing to do with or have no fellowship or nothing in common with the fruitless, fruitless works of darkness, but rather expose them. And that's what we do so that Christ will arise and shine in people's hearts, just like he did in mine after I lived uh, an atheistic life for a number of years. Wow, that must have been quite a change for you. Uh, how, did, how did you make that transition? What, what was the one thing that opened your eyes that you said, finally, this is I'm in the wrong direction and now I've got to change because what I hear from people all the time is, oh, things are never going to change. And I truly believe that when people know the truth, they will change. Oh, wow. If that couldn't be more true. And I know that is the true story of my life. And for me, I grew up in America. I grew up in Southern California. I grew up that if you were looking from the outside in, I was what the Bible describes as a whitewashed tomb. I look good on the outside, but inside there was deterioration, there was rot, and there was death. And the truth is, is a number of, I was a wrestler, I used to be in the newspapers and all that fun stuff. And one of my buddies who was a team captain stopped partying with me. I used to be a drunkard, uh, you know, fighter and, and, and so forth. And he stopped partying with me. And eventually he reached out because I was wondering what's going on. I got girls at my house all the time. Why, why doesn't he want to be with us? You know, maybe he's gay or something. I don't know what's going on. And uh, that wasn't it at all. In fact, it was exactly the opposite. He had come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I want to know, I want other people to know this too. And I know Chad and I love Chad and I know he's living a lie. And so he shared with me the gospel. I didn't receive it immediately, but he did give me a video made by Pastor Joe Schimmel and Good Fight Ministries titled, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. 
And when I watched that, I could not get away, as you said, the truth, the evidence. I thought that, you know what, maybe I'm just a bunch of brainwaves going back and forth. I'm just electricity. I'm just a moist robot. And I just do the things that I enjoy. And I was proven completely wrong. The truth was, is that I was under the prince of the power of the air. I was under his obedience. I was in his domain and he was using me to corrupt people, get people to drink for the first time, do things they should never do. And he was using me in that fashion. And it took the evidence of a spiritual reality that we aren't simply just electrical waves moving through our brain. It took the reality of the, there are dark forces. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but there's principalities, there's powers, there's rulers of darkness in the heavenly realms. And it says that that Satan himself in Ephesians 2, 2 will work through the sons of disobedience. Those who do not come to Christ and come to know him, they will work through him. And I was being worked through. Satan was using me over and over again. And then when I saw all of my favorite artists, all of my favorite music stars, my idols and so forth, all of them had the same basic philosophy that they were pushing. One that, you know, that the Beatles said that is do what thou wilt is their basic philosophy. And I listened to a band called Devil Driver and they sang a song called do what thou wilt. And I said, what does this even mean? And it was a maxim made by the Satanist, Aleister Crowley, who's actually featured on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Cubs band in the album cover. And I saw that and I said, that is really interesting. And everything that I do, all of the ideology that I believe, it's all about me, 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 me. It's all narcissism. And all I push is me, what I, what feels good, do it like Timothy Leary. And eventually when I just recognized over and over again, there's a spiritual battle. And then when I heard the words of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, that faith comes by hearing, hearing the words of Christ. And it says, you are saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God and not by works, lest any man should boast. It was the words of Jesus Christ in Matthew 12, 30. He who is not with me is against me. And I knew I was not with him. And I wanted to be on his team. I wanted to be in the truth. And I started following Jesus on January 19th, 2009. And my entire world has changed everything I believe. And God has saved me. And he's just wonderful. Well, th that is what we need to get that message out. And I'm glad that you mentioned the Beatles because I was a child of the 60s and the flower children and everything else pushing peace and love. And peace and love was wonderful. However, in order to get there, you had to destroy. That didn't make sense. And I remember, and you'll probably never find this anymore, but I remember in the 60s, uh, Bill Ayers, remember Bill Ayers, everybody, Weather Underground, blowing up buildings between 71 and 72. Over 2,000 federal buildings were blown up by Bill Ayers and his group. Well, he went to John Lennon and he asked John Lennon to write a song for his revolution. John Re Lennon wrote Revolution and John Lennon really got the bad side of Bill Ayers because when Bill Ayers heard that song, he said, no, that, that's not what I meant. So we always had this push and pull, even in the media. And most of the songs from the 60s and 70s, if you listen to them, they were very, very issue oriented. 
And most of them were, you're exactly right, how me, I'm wonderful, and uh, you don't look any further, look at me, 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 me. And I think that's what's being carried through today. And when we take God away from our children, uh, as they have done, and when we take morality out of our schools, out of our daily life, out of everything, what do we breed? We breed children who some may turn into assassins. And that's what we see going on. So when they're pointing at saying it's the gun's fault, remember, folks, no gun ever got off the shelf, loaded itself and shot somebody. It's the person behind it that does the shooting. And when people lack morality and they lack respect for each other and themselves, picking up a gun and shooting somebody is no big deal. So let's continue to do it. And I think that's what we have facing us today. So how do we bring morality back to our society, Chad? You know what? I really do believe and, and I do agree with you know everything you, you stated there. It is so true. And I really do believe that just like me, I was such a destructive person, whether fighting or otherwise and so forth. And it was the individual response of the gospel in each person's life. And so I am one person, but from me coming to the gospel of Jesus Christ, therefore now I have married a, a beautiful wife. I have four children. I'm raising them up in the truth and I'm encouraging young people. I coach wrestling for 16 years at the high school level. And I'm usually surrounded by a number of young wrestlers at my church now uh, that wrestled for me and, and so forth. And I do believe this is individually the, the, the gospel has power in the, in the Bible. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says the gospel is the dunamis, the dynamite power uh, of salvation. And the truth is, is a life changed one at a time uh, really will have an effect. And I think that over time, we've seen that over and over again in cultures and so forth. When the gospel is preached and people actually have new hearts and new minds, they're not just hypocrites. They're not just, you know, going to church on Sunday and, and faking it during the rest of the week, but new hearts and new minds that entire, when a family gets changed and Satanist, the Lester Crowley said, that family is public enemy number one. And when you look at, you know, when Black Lives Matter was going, when they're in their, we call, let's call it a statement of faith, that was public enemy number one for them. We need to get rid of the nuclear family. And we see over and over again, fathers away from their children. They're too busy, whether it's they're actually there or desert them. They're too busy on their phones. They're too busy at work. They have too many hours in the day where they have nothing to do with their children. And sadly, this weird and destructive cycle that we're in is parents don't take care of their children. And those same children, when the parents get older and need to be taken care of, are put in a home. And it's the most devastating thing. And I don't believe it's what God intended for us to have. Oh, I agree with you there. And Chad, thank you so much. Please tell everyone where they can find you so uh, that we can continue this conversation and make sure that we share your work. No, thank you so much for saying that because we, we got goodfight.org is our website. We just came out with the first part of a seven part documentary specifically on Marvel and DC and some of the comic book writers and, and so forth. And some of the agenda behind a lot of those films, you know? Uh, and so you can go to marveldcexposed.com and you can check that out. And we would love to have you join us also on our YouTube channel, as well as our Facebook page, just type in good fight ministries. We'd love to have you and get to know you. 
Well, that is, uh, folks, this is what America is all about. It's about goodness. America is a good place, but only if we turn to God and only if we turn to ourselves and recognize that our self-worth will help. And if we eliminate that, we will be lost forever. And that is never a good thing. So folks, don't touch that dial. Don't touch that screen. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the prism of America's education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. If you haven't come to the Florida Citizens Alliance, go flca.com website. Please go there now. It is so important to share what the information is that we are doing in the alliance and carry it through to your state. This is a fight for the culture, for the freedom, for the liberty of America. And if we don't do it, trust me, nobody else will. Thank you. We'll be right back. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. 
Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. And I will say again, please go to the Alliance website, whatever information you see, copy for your state. Get your state in order. And the only way that we can do that is to tackle the problems that we actually have, not the ones that are made up. One of the problems that we have that I have found as a, as a teacher and as a parent, as an aunt, all of the things that involve family is that family is so important. And one of the problems that we have in America today is that there are too many children that are fatherless. We are approaching Father's Day. And it's time to think how many children there are that no longer have a father. What can you do about it? Can you help? Absolutely. So I have asked Pastor Sean Teese to come and join me because he has a wonderful mission. And his mission is to uproot those who are fatherless. Thank you so much, Pastor, for joining me today. I know that you've been traveling around with your family, and you have been on a national speaking tour about hope for fatherless Americans. Can you tell us how that's going and what you're finding and what we can do to help? Yes, uh, fatherlessness is such an issue in our nation. And yeah, we, we did travel. We traveled for, for three years around the country uh, on our Hope for Fatherless American National Tour. And it was such a, um, an incredible journey to go on. We were probably in about around over 180 churches. I haven't done the exact count yet, um, but we saw fatherless families all over the place. And we did, we did different events too, besides churches. We go into these places and and just speak on all on fatherlessness or spread hope to the fatherless. And, you know, they, they were just excited that we were coming and shining a light on their issue. Uh, we had single moms that were just, they were so excited to, to, to see that somebody was coming and actually talking about their family or the children were excited that somebody was talking about them. And they, the, one of the common things that single moms would tell us, they would say, I just don't feel connected to my church or I don't feel like anybody wants to spend time with my kids. And so we were trying to change that and we're trying to help with that situation. So our Fatherless America, Hope for Fatherless America National Tour was a success and such an amazing thing. And now we're out actually in Las Vegas. We um, started, we shifted at the in December. And what we're doing now is we're launching and we're still traveling some, we're still doing that throughout the year. And we'll go on a, like a five week trip and go out and, and, and reach, reach the fatherless and do different things like that, or go out for, a, you know, go visit some churches and come back or whatever it might be. But we're doing what we call the um, God is my dad, local chapters. Now uh, God is my dad is a resource we created in 2017 uh, to reach fatherless families. And it's people have really adopted it. They've been accept, excited about it over the last five years. Uh, but we're doing these God is my dad, local chapters now. And what, what that looks like is we go into a city like Las Vegas, Nevada, where we're at now and also we're going to be launching one in Dixon, Tennessee as well in August and we set up set up a lighthouse and tell and tell the fatherless tell the single moms hey we're here for you we care about you we're here to help you and point them to local churches that care about them and, ha- and want to help them so uh, yeah we're just trying to reach and do what we can for the fatherless and it's such an issue in our nation and it's plaguing plaguing our nation honestly and the fatherless if you're listening to this if you're a fatherless family it's not your fault um, it's it's this, the, the issues that are coming from this when Jesus Christ is not present in our lives. 
Oh, this is a wonderful mission to be on. And I, I, I want to thank you for doing this because I have found in, in my career as a teacher that one of the main things that a lot of children were missing, of, of, uh, sadly, were the influence of a father. And rather than going and uh, blaming a gun, which is never going to pick itself up off a shelf, load itself and shoot somebody, we should be looking at why these children are doing these awful deeds and what is missing in their life. What can we do to correct the situation so that it doesn't become self-perpetuating, which is usually the sad part of what happens. A fatherless family often breeds another fatherless family, and then this just continues and continues and continues. And without the influence of both parents, the child many times is lost. And that puts a tremendous, tremendous burden on the mother, which of course is accepted because mothers love their children and they will, will do anything to make sure they're safe. But the addition of another parent or the addition, it doesn't have to be a parent, does it, a pastor? It's just the, it is the influence of the adult that has different um, tactics, different approaches, shows different attitudes, shows different ways for a child to get on, and gives the child another person to be able to share information with and often help get out of lots of trouble, put them on the right path. So um, I, I cannot help thank you enough for doing what you're doing because fatherlessness is a complex issue, as you have said. And I believe that it does just, it breeds uh, a, an attitude, not all the time. Let's, you know, we know many families like yourself that were fatherless, that it enhanced your life. Um, but you have a very interesting story. Also, you were a, a fatherless, and you didn't grow up to shoot anybody. So nobody has to shoot anybody. Nobody has to uh, be a bully. Nobody has to take on uh, gang qualities, just because there's no father in the family. But one of the wonderful things that can be done is that others can fill that void. What do you think, Pastor? Oh, yes. Yeah. The, I mean, fatherless, the fatherless issue is uh, it's affecting all of us, honestly. And if you look at it, you look at these these kids' lives where um, if they have a loving mom and dad and if they have a loving Christian mom and dad, their life their life is in balance. OK, and look at it as a scale where if, if, if you look at a scale and it, you look at you take mom or dad off, this kid's life is off balance and you wonder why are they why are they committing crime why are they doing all these different things that it's affecting uh their life you know fatherless children are at a dramatically greater risk of drug and alcohol abuse mental illness suicide poor education performance teen pregnancy and criminality that's just one statistic of of all the different things that are coming from fatherlessness across our nation and that these these families are facing that they're that they're struggling with and and that people are it, it's it's the result from it and so the, these kids are they're going after these different things trying to cope with the issue my own dad grew up fatherless and the path that he went on was drug you know drugs and alcohol and different things that he tried to cope with through the world systems and the only hope that there is is Jesus Christ in their lives and God being their heavenly father and they they need hope they can have help um 
but we as Christians, we as uh, loving Christian adults, we can go into their life and encourage them and help them and be a, be an inspiration to them to help them overcome what they're doing, going through. You know, it doesn't have to be a complicated thing. You as a, as an adult that you have resources, you can go into their life and, and, and be an inspiration to them and help them overcome whatever they're facing. You can help them understand that it's good for them to graduate. It's good for them to, to, to be pure till they get married. It's good for them to, to not, you know, be angry and, and be able to work through the anger that they're facing. It's good for them to, to have proper friendships and proper relationships. It's, you know, it's that their life is valued. You know, three out of four teenage suicides occur in a household where a parent has been absent. And that was pre COVID. But I mean, imagine if the, if we could bring into their life and help them understand, Hey, you are worth something. You are valued. Imagine if you could tell a young girl before she becomes a statistic in teen pregnancy, you know, 71% of pregnant teenage girls come from fatherless homes. Imagine if, if you could help a young girl understand that she's worth something, that she doesn't have to give her body to a young boy or to a man that's wanting to, to be with her. And she can, she, doesn't, she can save herself for marriage. Imagine the difference we can make. And, and you can do that as a Christ, Christian person. You can go into their life as a caring adult and, and invest in them. And now the way we look at it in our ministry is we believe that couples mentoring is the best way is one of the best ways to mentor a kid and so it's you as a husband and wife going and mentoring a girl or boy or a, a couple brother or sister and and helping them now if you're maybe you're listening to this and you're not a couple well i want to encourage you to make sure it's safe for that kid and for yourself because there could be accusations and things like that but make sure it's a safe thing that you're doing that you're you're involved in their life but maybe you meet in a public place and, and you you get you know plugged into them you can mentor them one-on-one at a, a denny's or a chick-fil-a or something like that but make sure it's safe for them and you and you you want to protect them and you because again there could be a lot of accusations that happen around us but what about that niece or nephew that you might have in your family that's fatherless or that single mom that you have that you work with that you can you can minister to or that grandparent raising their grandkids in your neighborhood you know just think about the people in your life that you could pour into and start investing into them and maybe you're thinking well, i don't have anybody well start praying and asking god to guide you to somebody that you can help and get plugged into maybe a program there's programs out there where they they're looking for for people. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could flood like big brothers, big sisters with, with good, caring, Christian, loving adults um, and, and pour into these, these kids lives. And cause every single big brothers, big sisters chapter has a waiting list. And for, at least the ones we've heard of have a waiting list of kids that are just want to mentor. Imagine if we could, we could get these kids matched up with, with loving, caring people and just, they could pour into these kids lives. So in one way or another, I just want to encourage everybody to get involved you know, James 127 says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and keep himself unspotted from the world. It tells us that we could practice pure religion by visiting the fatherless, the motherless, the orphan and foster care children, and by ministering to that, that widow, visiting her. That could be a single mom. So I just want to encourage you. You can, you can get involved in one way or another. Oh, you absolutely can, folks. And the uh, I read an article that a group of dads got together and they went to a school in Los Angeles and offered to help. They stayed in the halls, they helped the kids uh, read, they were in the libraries, but basically they were there and they were showing support for the children. And would you believe that crime and all of the things that were going on in that school began to go down? 
And that was just the influence that these dads had on these children. Uh, Pastor Sean, you are doing an amazing job, and I hope you'll come back and tell us how successful you're becoming, because this is a wonderful project. So please tell everyone where they can find you. Well, if you're a church or a, or a Christian adult, and you want to help help these kids, go to lifefactors.org. Um, and that's, there's resources on there, all kinds of stuff to help you as you minister to these kids and these families. And we, we have all kinds of stuff uh, right now for Father's Day and even all throughout the year. We have different ideas. You can minister to these families and help them. On our blog, we, we have every month you can minister to them. You can also text DAD to 66866. Text the word DAD to 66866, and that'll get you opted into our email list. Not 666, okay? We're not that kind of ministry. But 66, <laughs> text DAD to 66866. And we, we can get you opted into our email list. Also, if you're a fatherless family, a grandparent raising grandkids or a single mom, go to godismydad.com and you'll find resources for you and for your children that can help you. We have a free devotional on there for fatherless kids. And, and we also have all kinds of videos for fatherless individuals, for single moms and grandparents raising grandkids. So those two places, godismydad.com and lifefactors.org. Well, I want to thank you. Like I said again, folks, there are over 30 million fatherless children and teens in the United States. Can you help one? That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate everything that you're doing. And please come back and let us know how everything is working. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, wasn't that just a wonderful conversation with Pastor Tease? And I really hope that everybody is beginning to understand the importance of mentoring children, especially those that come from broken homes. Uh, it doesn't matter whether they're your children or somebody else's children. You can offer them help, and help is needed, especially in today's world. I have been talking about my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, and some of the amazing things uh, that we have been doing. And I decided after this morning and receiving a phenomenal email that I would have Pastor Rick come back and tell us what it means to work in the sunshine in Florida. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining me today. What an amazing victory. Can you share that with everyone? Oh, I'd be happy to. And thanks for the opportunity, Karen. We've lived with this case for a while. And so when it was resolved, we were really happy. But then we tend to get caught up in the next thing we need to do. And we forget to let people know what's happened, what has happened. So the, the, the short version is, I'll tell you up front, and then we can talk about some of the details. But the short version is the, the Florida Citizens Alliance and some parents from Collier County filed a lawsuit against the Collier County School Board for violating the Sunshine Law. And that was related to their textbook selection process. That was way back in the 2016-2017 school year. And it's taken a long time for that to go through the courts. The, the happy news on the end of it was that the Florida Supreme Court refused to hear the school district's appeal, which meant the Florida Citizens Alliance won. So we are celebrating that our lawsuit started in Collier County, went all the way through Florida courts and, and the Florida Citizens Alliance, and really the parents and the people of Florida won. Now people say, well, what do you mean when you say sunshine law? Well, in, in general, Floridians like the sunshine. And so some years ago, there was legislation passed that requires government or entities like the school board to operate their business in, in a transparent manner, or what we say, 
in the sunshine. They're not allowed to hide stuff. They're not allowed to talk amongst themselves and come up with a predetermined decision. They have to do all of their business in public so the public can have input, but also there's an accountability to the public on that. Florida people love the idea of the sunshine law because they don't like the idea of the smoke-filled rooms of years ago when people would get together and they'd make deals and they'd have cronyism and all the stuff that people really even to this day do not like about politics and, and our public officials. So we have been monitoring the textbook selection for a long time, largely because we wanted better books selected. We'd hear from parents and they'd talk about how these books are just weak. They're just terrible. And so they knew that if the materials their students were reading were not good, then the instruction they were getting could not be any better because it was limited by the by the books and, and particularly if the teachers didn't go to a deeper level. So we started watching all of that. And then we noticed that Collier County did something which on the surface looked like it would be okay. But when we began to look into it a little bit more was not. It's not uncommon for school boards and school superintendents then working with the school board to appoint review committees where they will go through and they will examine a couple of dozen, maybe it could, the, the number varies, but a number of textbooks for a specific course, and then narrow that down through, through their own process and eventually bring a recommendation to the school board, which as you could well imagine, in almost every instance, the school board then approves because they've asked this group to work on their behalf. And so that's just kind of streamlines their effort and in some respects, they just trust the expertise of the people involved in that. Well, when a school board allows another group committee or whatever you want to call it to evaluate textbooks and make decisions about them, when the school board gives them decision-making power, then those committees have to meet in the sunshine the same way the school district does, the school board does. Well, in Collier County, they had not done that. In order to operate in the sunshine, they have to give notice of their meetings so that the, the public is aware of them. They have to give reasonable notice on those things so people can come and show up. They have to allow things like public comment and other things like that so that the whole process is in the sunshine as though they were the school board operating in the sunshine. Well, we noticed that and some other parents noticed that. And so at considerable risk, and we risk quite a lot of money to um, file this lawsuit. And our attorneys that helped out were very generous in their approach to that and in helping us make that possible. And our donors were. We, we have to always recognize that it's the donors that make this stuff possible. So we filed suit in the local circuit court and lost. Uh, the, we had a hearing. I attended the hearing. Several of us did. And our attorneys presented the case. It appeared in many ways, and I don't want to be unkind about this, but the facts are the facts. It appeared as though the trial judge simply cut and paste from the school board's uh, brief that they filed. And that was his opinion. He agreed with them completely. And it seemed to us, to us almost without examination of the of the evidence presented. Well, one of our attorneys who's local to Collier County 
looked at that and and he was just absolutely um how should i say convinced as i guess that that the local judge was wrong and that we should appeal to the second district court of appeals and so he on his own and and at at, at the risk of not being paid for his work because it, it, he, the only way he'd be paid is if if we won the case ultimately and then that then the court could award him compensation for his for his work but on his own he filed a brief appealing the decision to the second district court of appeals well that was pretty significant and uh, and what do you know we won at the at the court of appeals level and we thought well that's great that's it you know what else is going to happen and then the uh, school district appealed to the florida supreme court and it took a little bit longer briefs had to be filed all that kind of stuff but the Supreme Court looked at it and said, no, we agree with the circuit court. The trial court erred. And so they sustained the decision of the Second District Court of Appeals, and we won the case. Now, all school districts in Florida are put on notice that when you delegate decision-making authority to another committee, that committee has to operate in the sunshine. And of course, the other good news is, if parents and other interested residents of Florida notice this going on in their school district, because this is now the precedent that's been set, they can require their school board to fix any such violations. And I, I don't know, we don't know, we don't say this or accuse school districts of trying to hide these kind of things. Maybe they made an honest mistake, but any school district who does not have their selection process completely in the sunshine is at risk of having the court nullify their procedures and, and, and including the, the textbooks they may have purchased because the court could order them to go through the process again, purchase all different textbooks. Now, we don't know whether that's going to happen, but we do know that the residents of Florida now have a very powerful precedent that's been set that they can keep an eye on what's going on in their school districts and watch out for their students and make sure it's in the sunshine. It was really quite remarkable. It certainly was. And this is one of the things that the Florida Citizens Alliance is doing, folks, which is why I keep on saying, go to the Alliance website. That's goflca.com. And look at what the Alliance is doing. Look at some of the legislation. Does your state have a sunshine law? Do your school boards have to tell the parents what books they are intending to order? There's legislation there. Copy it. That's the whole idea of being able to work with a wonderful coalition. Pastor, you also went to a um, press conference today with our governor, and most people think that they can never go to these things, that it's only special people and nobody else is allowed. So... The amazing thing is that actual citizens can go and attend all different kinds of things and get involved. Would you share what went on at that press conference in the few minutes that we have left? Sure. And, and it's true. Most of the time we feel like we're not supposed to go to those kinds of events. And part of the reason, and, and I don't know this, I haven't asked anybody and I wouldn't expect them to tell me. Part of the reason is that the governor announces these things very quietly and you usually hear that he was in your area after he's gone. And we think that may be security related. Uh, maybe it's to keep 
um, mischief down in terms of heckling and so forth. I don't know. But what happened this week and, and yesterday and today, about 4.30 yesterday afternoon, I got a call that what we called another fire drill. The governor's office had called and wanted to know if we could get some people together for his press conference, which was going to be on June 8th. Well, yesterday was the 7th and today's the 8th. So as I tell this story, the press conference was this morning. So yesterday evening, we scrambled and I sent a bunch of emails to people inviting them to the press conference. The governor's office would not tell us what the content of the press conference was or anything about it, just that they would like people to attend and um, be present for the governor's announcement. Well, we didn't know if it was education related or not, but because we've worked with the governor's office, we try to cooperate and help out when we can. Some people who wouldn't ordinarily have the opportunity to attend a press conference had that opportunity this morning. And I was there with them and we listened to the governor talk about water issues in Southwest Florida and the initiatives they've taken for the Everglades projects and other things like that. And some of the people that were there, I don't know if they were particularly interested in that subject, but they did get to see the governor in action. They did get to find out a little bit of the sense of what it's like when they do this kind of an event. And one of my friends who had never been to any of these kind of things before actually got to shake the governor's hand. So this is the kind of thing that goes on that a little bit inside baseball behind the scenes of these kinds of things. And we are glad to help regular people. You know, that's who we are. We're nobody special. But when we get the opportunity, we're glad to have people have the have the chance to see the governor and to be involved in these kind of things, because that's the way our system works. And we want people to be involved. So you just never know. Any of you out there are thinking about getting involved. You never know what might happen. So go ahead and get involved in your local community. You just never know. It can be quite a ride. It can be frustrating sometimes, but it can be quite a ride. Absolutely. Pastor, we're at the end of the show. If, if you could give us a prayer, that would be wonderful. I'd be happy to. It's always good to thank God for the good things that we enjoy. So and today was a good day. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the things that come our way. And sometimes they happen at the last minute and we scramble. But nonetheless, when we look back, we're grateful that you give us the opportunity to participate in this country that you've given us. And as Abraham Lincoln reminded us, this is a country of the people, by the people and for the people. And we, the people, must never forget that. So please remind us and open the doors of opportunity so we can participate to be good stewards of this gift of liberty you've given us. Thank you for the privilege. We want to step up where you need us to, and we will always do that. Thank you for your blessings. Continue to lead and guide us and bless our children during their summer vacation and get them ready for school in the fall. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And thank you all for listening. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful, wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Thank you, Pastor Rick, for everything that you have done. Glad to help out, Karen. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Have a great week, folks. See you again next week. But I'll always stay proud and free. I'm America, don't tread on me. I'm America, yes, America.